With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to this healing conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey. Today we're talking about your true divine nature, living in the fifth dimension and feeling those frequencies. How do we anchor in the fifth dimension while we're still here living in our 3D reality? My next guest actually lives in the fifth dimension. You will notice in this conversation that his solution and perception on experiences of the 3D world are seen from a higher perspective. He anchors in higher dimensional energies into this very present moment. This too is each of our roles and our journey during this time on planet Earth to bring in a new way of being, a new way of living from a higher dimensional perspective, a new way of solving problems in our 3D reality. It's also a realm of great joy, bliss, freedom, and wondrous flow with ease and grace. Matt Kahn is a spiritual teacher, a mystic, and an intuitive healer. His spontaneous awakening arose out of an out-of-body experience at the age of eight, and he's had direct experiences with Ascended Masters and Archangels throughout his lifetime. Matt is really a bridge between the mystical realms and the journey of awakening of all of humanity. Matt, thank you so much for being here today. Absolute honor to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Here we are in this year, 2014. Can you share a little bit about some of the energies that are going on? Lately, it seems to involve a lot of our belief systems. Those are unraveling, and if we don't let them unravel, it seems that we have struggle in our life. Can you share more with what's going on since we've crossed the threshold here into this great new era? Well, sure. Right now, what seems to be happening is that Earth is exiting a fourth dimensional alignment and coming into an anchored position of the fifth dimension. And when we are, when the planet itself is coming out of the fourth dimensional alignment into a fifth dimension, of course, those who are under a radical or progressive spiritual path, they themselves are going through very dynamic shifts to move as quickly as possible out of the fourth dimension into the fifth. In the fourth dimension, we find the construction and the creation and maintaining of what is commonly known as a spiritual ego. And when Earth was in a third dimensional alignment, there were many lay workers and energetically sensitive beings who were uh, 
traversing their way through the third dimension and awakening to insights uh, that expanded their perception of the universe. And while those greater ideas and concepts move them from the third to the fourth, now we have an even more radical path that has fifth dimensional awareness moving beings out of the fourth and into the fifth. And so right now, with the energy that's coming to the planet, whether it's from solar flare activity, uh, the energy that's coming to the planet is acting like a magnifier. And what it is doing is it is going into the energy field of each person who is open to spiritual evolution, and it is magnifying anything that is not in alignment with the fifth dimension. And so there is a great opportunity that right now is challenging, um, like you said, the deepest beliefs, uh, the most long-held spiritual ideas. And what it is doing is it is helping to unravel all of the judgments and distinctions that separate divine reality from material world. So that instead of it being like it was in the third dimension where we are, beings trying to move from a concrete material world and move into a spiritual reality. Instead, what we're actually doing uh, through all the ups and downs, emotional upheavals, and all the things that are happening is we're actually erasing the line of distinction that separates form from spirit so that whether we feel more like spirit in one moment or more like a form in, chase, in, you know, in pursuit of spirit, what we really want to do right now to initiate ourselves into the fifth dimension is not make it about form versus spirit, but just acknowledge and release the judgments that make us think that they're two different things, when in fact it's one reality simply being experienced in a variety of ways. Acknowledge and release the judgment. So this is our ascension. It is a slow step-by-step -step process that right now, as you just said, we're going from the fourth dimension into the fifth. That brings more questions. We're still going to have this world here, this 3D world. Yes, or do we see that even falling away? Here I am looking at the phone, and you're on the phone. Is that 3D, or does that come into 5D with us? Well, in order for there to be a 5D, there has to be a 3D. Just like in a number line, we can't go to 5 without passing through 3. Um, 3D is not actually necessarily the witnessing of form. 3D has to do with what you believe or conclude about form. So we could say 3D um, says, there, you know, I'm holding a phone and I'm talking to you. But 5D would simply be the inquiry that says, if I don't project a label onto this form, even if I'm holding something I'm calling a phone, if we just listen, does this thing I call the phone introduce itself to me as a phone? And so 5D consciousness is not the inability to see form, because what's gonna ha what happens in 5D is that there is still a form, it's just that all of the form transmutes into light body form. So it's not that people are leaving their third dimensional bodies for light bodies, it's that it's actually the physical body that, be, that transmutes and becomes, transfigures into a light body. And the ironic initiation of physical body becoming light body is dependent upon how deeply in the body we are. So there are a lot of beings who are trying to get out of the physical form to go to the light realms. When in fact, the physical realm is the light realm, it's just only going to look more like a light realm and less like a physical realm.
realm depending upon how deeply you're willing to be in the body, which is the most ironic initiation there is. But even just with form right now, you might be talking into a phone to me, but fifth dimensional consciousness is just the recognition that I may call this a phone. But if I just stop and I witness this experience, this object doesn't call itself a phone or an object, so therefore I don't have to believe anything about the forms. I can just enjoy the play of forms for what they are. So fifth dimension is much, let's say, um, less concrete um, reality where there is less conclusions and less beliefs. It's more of just a recognition of, yes, form is a part of our play, but the more solid the form feels, the less in our bodies we are, the more in our bodies we are, the more what we thought was solid is revealed to be pure ephemeral light. Let's clarify that one more time, because you said here we, our role is to be more light in the body. Yes. But yet, if we are ascending, then yes, we are taking our physical bodies with us. It's a reverse ascension. It's that you will ascend into what you think is a fifth dimension by how deeply in the body you are. So it's not literal. It's more of a, because you have to, you know, we are experiencing everything through polarity. So it's kind of like the more in your body you are, the more energetically you catapult into the light realms. But the belief that the light realms are above the physical realms brings people out of their bodies, makes them very ungrounded. And then people believe being, you know, expanded with your crown chakra but not grounded in your body is what this is all about, and it's actually the opposite. So it's mm. it's not as literal of an ascension where we're lifting out and saying goodbye to a world. It's actually more of we're actually already in, and we've already been in, let's say, the fifth dimension, and what we're experiencing, what people think of as an, a lifting up or ascending to a different planet is actually more of this has always been the fifth dimension, but the individual and collective beliefs and misperceptions is causing the third and fourth dimension curtains to fall so we can see what's already here. So in one perception, it looks like we're lifting up and going somewhere else, but in reality, we're staying exactly where we've already been, and all the curtains of misperceptions fall to reveal what's always been here. So it's, it's not that literal of an ascension, because in order for, if it were to be that literal of an ascension, it would give rise to things like duality, and duality are experiences we have, but they're experiences we have based on the conditioning of our perceptions. And when those conditioned perceptions begin to unravel, whether through you know, a spontaneous moment of awakening or gradually over time, we start to see that I was perceiving it a certain way and it gave me an experience of it in a certain way, but it doesn't mean that that's actually how it is or has ever been. <laughs> yes, okay. That starts with our full responsibility that, yes, we are creating our world. So then looking at living here in the now, what do you recommend people do to manifest their dreams and their desires? Of course, that, you know, it, it, we have to really take a step back and we have to realize that we're not actually seeing the world as it is. We're seeing the world as we've been conditioned to judge it. Mm. So all of us actually are living on our own timelines, our own holographic reality. So the first step of waking up is realizing you're not actually living in a collective world. The world we see is a collective experience that we're 
agreeing to have, but we're actually all living in our own worlds, that each and every one of us is living in our own universe, our own world, and yet we seem to be playing different characters in each other's movies or holograms, but the first thing we have to realize is that it's one thing to want to take external action in the world and to help the world and the environment, and these are all wonderful ideas, and they come from such an innocent place within us. However, to try to first take external action is to anchor your, your energy field at the vibration where the problem still remains. So it would kind of be like if a bunch of light workers decided they're going to go clean up the ocean, and so they would all get buckets. They would all go to the ocean, and they would all start, you know, scooping up the pollution, hypothetically, out of the ocean. Let's say they did it in such a way where the last light worker took their bucket, and there they turned around and said, we have now officially cleaned and purified the entire ocean. And then they turn back around, and, the, and it's like the ocean is polluted again. And what we find is that when you are trying to take external action before creating a new inner vibrational alignment, you, it's kind of like emptying out a closet. By the time you're emptied it out, it's going to be messy again with all sorts of stuff, that you don't ever actually empty the closet or fix the external manifestation first. Not that that's something we shouldn't ever do. We should, but we have to create a different alignment. We have to actually come into a higher vibrational alignment with the energy of what the solution is so it would be kind of like, instead of lightworkers first just going to the ocean trying to clean it up, instead, if they were to actually come into alignment with the higher vibration, so if they were to say, what would it feel like in my body to live in a world with an ocean that is pure? And let's say that they felt love in their heart. And so they said, okay, the reason I want to clean up the ocean is because the end result of the clean ocean puts me into alignment with love. So putting aside for a moment the idea of a clean ocean, that means that that light worker first has to come into internal alignment with love. And as all of those light workers would take the steps to come into alignment with love, it would be amazing that if they first came into alignment with love and then went down to the ocean to purify it, using this example, they might go down to the ocean shore with their buckets to purify the ocean and by first coming into alignment with love, they might find an ocean that doesn't have any pollution to clean up. So really what this invitation I'm offering is, is if all the light workers of the world who are so interested in manifesting a world that they can be proud to call their home and to manifest heaven on earth, is that as light workers, what we really have to do is band together to create a new internal vibrational alignment so that by the time we as a collective network of light workers are vibrating and embodying the light of love from that position we begin to shift the holographic field of consciousness so dramatically that the field no longer supports such lower vibrational manifestations such as a polluted ocean and that ocean will purify itself just by the collective vibration that we all embody so it's 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 really a solution that we do from the inside out not from the outside in the higher we go into the dimensions, we realize that while you have a choice to make in every moment, you might choose to go left and right or right and left, but you're just carving your own path into a destiny that no matter how many decisions you think you're making, you couldn't possibly end up anywhere else than other where you're destined to be. So the idea that there is a message saying you're going in the right direction or the wrong direction is what is true when we see life from a fourth dimensional perspective. Mm -hmm. From a fifth dimensional perspective, we start to taste the 
absolute perfection of our eternal nature, we're still making choices. But what's ironic about the fifth dimension is you cannot make the most miraculous choices and you cannot make the most powerful choices unless it comes from a position of knowing that I can actually lose, I cannot go in the wrong direction, and when there's no wrong direction to choose, the irony is that's when you become more discerning and more precise and perfect in your action steps. And it's in the third and fourth dimension that we still think that the universe is telling us this is right, this is wrong, and it's very much just, you know, what becomes true in our experience when we're lost still in, in, a, in a certain variety of spiritual judgments. Fifth dimension, I can't do wrong, everything is perfect. But from a fifth dimensional perspective, that perfection causes you to make certain choices that manifest that perfection into tangible form. Taking this deeper then, as we're starting to go into this fifth dimensional reality or consciousness, yes. then manifesting is going to be there. There's no worry. It's unconditional love. Right. So let's talk about what the fifth dimensional, the focus of fifth dimensional consciousness is. Third and fourth dimension is about, well, third dimension is about gathering achievements. Mm -hmm. making goals. Fourth dimension is about gathering spiritual insights and gathering spiritual experiences. Okay. Fifth dimension is, is where the path of addition or the path of collection becomes the path of subtraction. And when we have all these insights we've gained, all these spiritual insights, all of these you know, concepts and even experiences, and, you, and, you, and let's say we put them on our, on our dining room table, right? You have a dining room table filled with all of your insights, your most treasured experiences, and they've brought you to this very moment. Yes, they were valid. They brought you to this moment right here. But fifth dimension is called the, the path of subtraction. So your advancement isn't going to come from gathering more understanding. It's actually that deeper understanding is going to happen based on the things you take off the table. The fifth dimension is not how much insight can we gather. It's how, how much less can you allow yourself to know? How little of yourself can you bring with you into every moment? How completely open, naked, and raw can you be? And what you'll find in the fifth dimension, this is my invitation to those that are ready to step into the fifth dimension, is the less you need to know, the less you need to remind yourself of, the less you need to stop and speak to yourself and remind yourself of these things, the less fearful you'll be. And then we find that people that are very much entrenched in fear or still experience fear to any degree, which is totally fine, the fear is not because of the things people think fear are about. It's not because of the world we live in. It's not even necessarily about the conditioning. The fear in our energy field is based on how much understanding we think we have or how much understanding we think we have to chase after and collect and maintain. And when we can actually take the most radical path and say, my understanding brought me this far, but let me completely just let go of understanding and recognize that if understanding is necessary, it will come to me in a certain moment. But until it comes to me, I allow myself to let go of thinking there's anything else I need to know and understand. And once that shift happens, there is actually no fear for you to experience in your body. And then over time, it shifts to become a world absent of the fearful things that you used to confront. So fear is a byproduct of understanding. And through the path of subtraction, 
when there is no need to understand anything other than what's in front of you. And if there is anything else you need to know, you would know that it would come to you automatically. And without a need to hold or collect any kind of spiritual understanding, the whole experience of fear completely dissolves out of your field and out of your existence. And it's quite a very simple and radical path. Quite a simple and radical path. Yes, can you imagine what we would create with no fear? Here's a question. Could you imagine what we would see without understanding? So then on a quantum physics level, what you're talking about earlier, this is what the quantum physicists love, is that just because we're sitting here and we look over at the chair or the singing bowl on the desk, that that bowl is not really there. As soon as we look away, it's not there. When we talk about things in the ethers, where things manifest because of the thoughts and the energy that we put brings it to us in the ethers, that's really what we're talking about. So is this fifth dimensional too? Absolutely. Everything um, that I'm providing you is, is a taste of fifth dimensional consciousness. And then from fifth dimension, we go into light body activation. Then we make our way through six and seven towards eighth dimensional mastery and, and, and so forth all the way through the twelfth dimension depending on how deep someone's journey is willing to be and how how much understanding they're willing to surrender because the higher you evolve is based on in the beginning it's based on how much you learn and how much you know but when you start crossing out of the uh, you know crossing the threshold out of the fourth and the fifth it's actually about how much you how much understanding you can let go and and so like I said it becomes more of we begin to metaphorically ascend into the higher dimensions by emptying the rocks of understandings out of our pocket, because when your pockets are empty of rocks, it's easier to float into the sky. Um, but in terms of you know manifestation, manifestation is an interesting topic because really what, what I find to be true and what I found throughout my life, and even as someone who's really good at manifesting, what I find manifestation to be is, is uh, it's, it's, it's more of a game of perception and here's what I mean by that I can tell you a very funny little story mm. so I went to Whole Foods Market a couple weeks ago and it was in the morning time and as I'm driving my car I had this feeling of boy I hope there's a breakfast burrito there because I'd sure like one for breakfast and then of course I went to Whole Foods walked into the hot bar there was a breakfast burrito waiting for me, and I thought, oh, my goodness, what a creator I am, and I kind of joked about that. Okay. In that example, a lot of people would say, wow, Matt manifested a breakfast burrito in record time. But if I give you a different example, let's say I had, the, let's say in a different parallel dimension, I'm driving my car to Whole Foods. I don't even have the idea of breakfast burrito, but I go to the hot bar. There is still one breakfast burrito waiting there for me, and at that moment I decide, you know, I think I would like to eat this breakfast burrito. So in both examples, we have a breakfast burrito being uh, discovered. One was I had this idea of a breakfast burrito, then I went and found it in Whole Foods, and I could say under a certain perception I've created that. The other example was I didn't even think about the breakfast burrito, but when I saw it, it inspired me to purchase it. Now, what if I were to tell you 
that it's not that we are creating things out of thin air, but like when I had the idea of the breakfast burrito, I was intuiting, I was having an intuition, I was having a premonition of this breakfast burrito was already waiting for me. And so the belief that I'm creating it out of the ethers is a perception. The truth is I am becoming aware of on the timeline I'm in, there's a breakfast burrito up ahead that I'm most likely going to eat for breakfast. And so it's more of a, when you're quote unquote manifesting, it's that you are in the living flow of perfection and the things that you're inspired to create are more so the things that are all, have already been created and you're inspired to imagine things and then they show up to show you how clear in alignment with your intuition you happen to be. So developing our intuition is part of our higher self and going into that higher dimension within ourself. Would right. you say that then you did speak of these dimensions? It'd be wonderful to have you explain when we go through these dimensions, what each dimension is like. These dimensions are within us. Yes, everything that we experience, quote unquote, outside of us is really within us being projected outward uh, to give us an experience of our own eternal nature um, as we depict life as these people, places, and things. Um, and again, when we are in the fifth dimension, we have no distinction about material world versus spiritual world. We lose sight of the idea that I'm at this stage going to this stage. Uh, all of that kind of unravels. And for a lot of spiritual beings, it can be very disorienting because they think they're either losing grasp on their spiritual reality, they think they're, they're coming out of alignment with their highest self, and really what they're, they're doing is they're waking up out of a spiritual ego. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if, it would be kind of like if I said in the fourth dimension, well, third dimension, we have a human being who has goals and aspirations, thinking that when those goals and aspirations occur, then I'll finally feel about myself the way I haven't felt about myself. Um, whether those goals come true or not, because the irony in the third dimension is that someone who gets everything they want or someone who gets nothing they want is being set up for the same deeper spiritual journey. And so in the third dimension, we have someone that could say, God, I've gotten everything I want. Here's my diploma. Here's my multi-million dollar paying job. Here's my beautiful mansion. Here's my wonderful family. And on the inside, I still don't feel very fulfilled. What's wrong with me? That's the spiritual invitation on that end. Just like we have someone that says, geez, I never, ha I never could have anything I've ever wanted. And everyone else seems to have it. What's wrong with me? And, that, and the, both of those extremes create the same spiritual impulse to say, hmm, instead of looking outside for fulfillment, instead of trying to define my happiness by the things that are constantly changing that I can't force to stay one way, maybe I should look within and see if there's something I'm missing. Fourth dimension is the dimension of spiritual inquiry. We look within, we find that everything that exists in the form is actually a manifestation of a formless reality. Um, we, we find that within all forms is an empty space, but not an empty space vacant of life, but an empty space overflowing with life and essence. And then we find that the true fulfillment we're looking for isn't necessarily going to be guaranteed by all these external things that we were pursuing in the third dimension, but by how rooted and aligned we are with our own formless eternal being within ourselves. And then in the fourth dimension, we learn to take action in the world as these characters, but being in complete alignment with that internal 
orientation of being. So it's not being or doing, it's allowing all doing to be an expression of being. And then from the fourth dimension, we find all distinctions of outer world and inner reality kind of merging and melding. And then all those judgments and that distinctions of when I feel positive, I'm at a high vibration. When I feel yucky, I'm at a lower vibration. All of these spiritual judgments have to really be unraveled. Uh, when, you know, someone's angry, they're in a lower vibration. And when I'm enjoying a higher vibration, those, these things are kind of true in the third dimension. But it's only a third-dimensional perception, so it's kind of like only true when you're wearing your third, third you know, your 3D glasses. And we take those glasses off, and we start to really recognize that in the fifth dimension, what life is really all about mm-hmm. is seeing that all forms are proof that spirit is here. And just mm-hmm. like a seed that blossoms into a flower, while all things are spirit not all forms have gone through the initiation phase to become conscious expressions of spirit. And so then we, as the fully awakened reality of the garden, start to see the beauty of spirit blossoming in each flower while having the compassion, the patience, and the acceptance and tolerance to allow all the growing pains of seeds to go through their evolutionary process and become flowers while we simply reside in the love and the perfection of what it's like to be the garden playing within, you know, a dream of its own nature. So fifth dimension is where we come into alignment with our own inner perfection. It's where we start to understand that when we think we're manifesting, it's because we're just in alignment intuitively with what's meant to be for our journey. And when we are constantly imagining things that never manifest, it's just showing us that when we're in ego, what we think we are going to create and what shows up are different. So really manifestation is an alignment game and what creates the difference between misaligned energy and aligned energy is the willingness to respond to everything your body feels, whether it's a reaction to judgment, whether it's a moment of fear, whether it's disappointment, sadness, And instead of going to the mind for more spiritual interpretations of what life is trying to remind us or what what next clue this is giving us, we surrender to the fact that every single thing we feel and experience is an opportunity for us to stop and to love the one who experiences life this way. So if we are sad, we love the one who is sad. If we are jealous, we love the one who is jealous. If we are unwilling to love ourselves, then we love the one who's unwilling to love. And we realize that all of the things that people are trying to fix and clear in the spiritual journey is actually just proof and evidence that they don't feel safe in their body. And they only perceive a world to be as unsafe as they feel unsafe within themselves. And what reminds the body how safe it is, is the willingness for any being to respond to anything they feel or perceive as a chance to love themselves in a way that no one else has ever loved them. And so the fifth dimension is about surrendering to love. And when we surrender to love, what we must surrender are all of the spiritual ideas we've collected along the way. So the real invitation is who's willing to surrender even their greatest spiritual ideas and surrender it to a love that is simply here to embrace all that you are and to transform everything back into the kingdom you've never left at the rate at which you love your heart 
one I love you at a time. Beautifully said. Surrender to love. That's really our lesson then. On a daily basis, people who find these experiences, as you said, of sadness and even happiness and joy, it's just to reside in that moment and experience it. And to know that, yes, and to actively send I love yous to the heart of who's experiencing it. So transcendence is not about leaving a 3D world and going to a 5D world. Transcendence is when fear, I'll say this, transcendence is when the one who experiences fear is loved as undeniably as the one who's experiencing joy. And so it's not that you love joy, it's that the one who, it's not that you, sorry, it's not the one that you love fear or, you know, jealousy, you know, because as human beings, who really loves to feel that way? Especially when there are third dimensional beliefs that go, oh, if I love myself during a moment of jealousy or fear, I might attract more of it, which is a very, very, um, you know, big superstition that has no reality to it. The reality is, is that when you're sad, when you're jealous, my God, I deserve love more than anything else right now. Mm. And you can love yourself during a moment of anger as instinctively as when you would embrace yourself during a moment of excitement. The mm-hmm. fact that excitement and anger are two different experiences, but that the motivation behind two different experiences is simply motivating you to treat yourself exactly the same. So when I'm angry, I love myself. When I'm happy, I love myself. When I am jealous, I love myself. When I'm judgmental, I love myself. When I'm inspired, I love myself. And when I am peaceful and relaxed, I love myself. And when I'm stressed out, confused, and agitated, I love myself. And when loving yourself becomes the response to everything in life, that's when we become initiated into fifth dimensional consciousness, where we take all of our ideas of consciousness, unconsciousness, light and darkness, heaven and hell, up and down, left and right, simply hand it over to love. And we do that by responding to anything we experience as, well, perhaps I'm only experiencing it, so I can actually start to love myself, because in the past, whenever I've experienced this, I've either tried to get away from it, I've either tried to blame other people for my feelings, I've tried to do all my spiritual healing modalities, try to shift and clear and uh, frame it and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And really, in a moment of absolute honesty, I go, maybe this is repeating because I've done everything but just love the one who feels this way. And so that's why we surrender to love because... We're no longer asking ourselves, why did I attract a person to treat me this way? Uh Uh, Why am I feeling this way when I'm trying to be peaceful? Instead, we're saying, of course I feel this way. Of course this happened to me. Because it's just showing me that I can love myself in response to this outcome, in response to this feeling. And perhaps by loving myself in response to what happens in life, I can actually see why things keep happening because things keep happening until we respond to it by loving ourselves, kind of like kids going through flashcards. Loving ourselves through every moment in the face of everything. Yes. So now if there's a situation out in our world like big issues like fracking, then we need to love the fracking. When I see the fracking pads popping up, I can get really bent out of shape. 
Well, what I would say is actually not to love the fracking, because love the who's bent out of shape. It's really about you. Yeah, now, if you're bent out of shape, well, then obviously you are crying out for love, and it doesn't mean that your goal is to try to not be affected by fracking. It's that you are perceiving fracking because mm-hmm. it's the one thing that's going to throw you off course yeah. because you have not practiced loving yourself while being thrown off course because usually if you're thrown off course you either try to get back on course or you think what do I need to improve in myself instead of going the one who's thrown off course has never been loved so you met, so you perceive something called fracking to intentionally throw you off course uh-huh. to put you into the perfect position to love yourself as never before well then it explains the miracles that are going on in our world and it really does begin with in the face of everything loving ourselves in that in being that angry person i'd like to ask you as a mystic and your meditations can you share with us how and where you go what you experience in some of your meditations the hidden realms that you communicate with well what's interesting is is in my in my previous experiences i would say i would meditate and i'd be transported to the akashic records and i would find myself in front of the galactic council and i would meet with the ascended masters and have conversations with them which i still do to, to this day but what's different is that i went through a series of of, of life-changing awakenings and all of those different realms woke up within me. And so instead of being a person who goes to different realms, all of those realms woke up within me. And so it is not a, in my experience now, based on how deep things have gone, I'm not a person anymore who goes to realms, mm-hmm. but all of those realms have, have woken up and merged into the fully realized light that I am. Mm-hmm. So when I meditate, might be surprised to know that when I meditate, it is as absolutely silent and empty, just as when my eyes are open and I speak to you right now, that literally there is no difference between what happens when I meditate and when I am speaking to you and when I'm at the grocery store. It is all one continuous flow of reality, and yet, this, yet there are dimensions and there are experiences people are having. However, when you awaken, you uh, reside not as someone who has the golden past to go to all these realms all the time. That will happen for a limited amount of time. Instead, you reside as the source of all of those, the creator of all those realms. Who doesn't remember creating those realms because it wasn't created with the mind? And yet, as the source of all that is, the source of all that is is like an ocean to where all waves of dimensions can arise. And yet while all waves arise within the ocean, the ocean itself knows no waves. So while there are infinite dimensions within me, and I am a conscious transmission of that infinite depth of dimension, in my conscious waking experience, my experience is of a vast eternal sea of emptiness that knows no distinction. And I walk around completely blank and everything I say and do is simply based on an intuitive flow of precision and perfection. So even as I speak to you right now, I'm aware of everything I'm saying, and yet as I'm saying it, my words are like fireworks that are exploding and dissolving into the vast emptiness from which they arise. 
<laughs> just depends on where we are in our journey, but where I am now, you know, you go through a stage that I call waking up out of waking up, where there is a third-dimensional person. They wake up to the spiritual realms. They have all these vivid experiences. Mm-hmm. But, you know, eventually that becomes something you wake up out of, too. And that's not something a lot of people are prepared for. And it can be very frightening because it feels like your spiritual journey is being taken away from you. But, in fact, what's being taken from you is your attachment and identification to spiritual experiences. Because once you've been liberated from your attachment and identification to spiritual experiences, then every breath can be as sacred as your visit to the Akashic Records. Then every blink of your eye can be as ecstatic as your most powerful meditation. And then every moment of listening, even to your neighbor, talk about pollution or Mm. you know what they're going to do this weekend can be as deeply satisfying gratifying and as aligned as your deepest spiritual insights you know it really just depends where we are in the journey i can say how it used to be but i think it's more powerful to say yes it used to be that and yet now look where it is where I still have communications with the Ascended Masters, but that Ascended Master is not something other than what I am. That Ascended Master is what I am. And the idea of consciousness speaking to itself as person or Ascended Master is just another play within me. You have brought this fifth-dimensional consciousness here in your being... And it's a role model for all of us. And so this is what is going on. We, yeah, we have to step into that, into that knowingness that you talked about. And so you've done it and you're, you're showing us the way. And, and, and what's interesting is I continue to go through upgrades of energetic upgrades on a daily basis. I download new teachings every day. So my journey of showing that way will never end because as Earth comes in, as the first wave of ascension comes into uh, fifth dimensional alignment, which I've said in the video, the official date when everyone in the first wave will be in that fifth dimensional consciousness is September 27, 2015. Um, and then from there, we go from the fifth dimension into, you know, throughout all the milestones that leads, you know, not only into light body activation, but through eighth dimensional mastery. And as far as my role on, in this planet, um, I'm assisting and guiding the first wave of ascension into the fifth dimensional um, earth plane, which is not a separate earth from the third. It's kind of like those that are on this path experience the third becoming the fifth. And then I said earlier, it's already the fifth. We're just waking up out of the belief in third and fourth dimensional perceptions. So first wave moves into the fifth dimension, and then I assist in light body activation and initiating all first wave of ascension members into eighth dimensional mastery. There may be some listening who are not familiar with those waves. You called it the first wave of ascension. We've heard that as well. It's not everyone all at once. Did you say the first wave will happen by September 27th, 2015? Or Yeah. Uh, uh, by September 27th, 2015, all members of the first wave of ascension, which for those that may not know what that means, first wave of ascension um, are people who are on, you know, people who are very aware of their spiritual path as being the 
deeper purpose of everyday life. So it's not really about people that have accomplished this or accomplished that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a third dimensional belief says, oh my God, the window of opportunity is closing. I don't want to miss my opportunity. Mm-hmm. Really, um, first wave of Ascension members is not necessarily about how spiritually accomplished you are, but how deeply interested and compelled you are to explore your spiritual journey. So, you know, the thing is, is that all of us are really on a spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Not everyone in this world is, has brought it to the forefront of their interest and their awareness. So if you find yourself, or if anyone finds themselves, deeply interested in spirituality, a desire to change and grow, uh, they find themselves no longer resonating with the things they used to like, they find that all of a sudden who the person they used to be, all of a sudden it's like they, that person disappeared and it's like they don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. These are all signs that they're on a very deep spiritual journey. And so first wave of ascension is not defined by spiritual accomplishment, but how deeply you desire uh, to be in tune and in, in harmony with the essence of your spirit. And by September 27, 2015, all people that are having that deep spiritual impulse on the planet right now will be fully anchored into the fifth dimension. And it's the reason why the first wave of ascension is not about spiritual achievement is because you're being moved like how people experience you know maybe uh, profound fatigue right now or oh my god i have no energy or my emotions are up and down it's kind of like we're already going through the process of experiencing our own evolution and so the choices we make aren't necessarily choosing whether or not we evolve but the choices we make decide how easily we evolve how quickly we accelerate and how pleasant of an experience it is, or our choices decide, hey, I'm going to go through this evolution, and my choices could make it as painful and as drawn out and as completely visceral and primal, or it can be heart-centered, loving, miraculous, and joyous. So we're not choosing to evolve. We're choosing the experience we have of evolution. Second wave of ascension is that there are beings who are not quite... Uh, focused on their spiritual journey. Second wave of ascension is going to be inspired into a deeper spiritual journey by the desire to question or to uh, try to tear down all the third dimensional structures that have never really made sense to a lot of people. So Uh. there are people, so for example, first wave of ascension people are on a deep inner spiritual journey. Second wave of ascension people are looking at you know, they, they, they talk about conspiracies, they talk about savory mm-hmm. things in politics or in government. I don't get too much into that because that's really not where my focus is. My focus is on getting people internally aligned. Mm-hmm. We start to realize, again, as we come into fifth dimensional consciousness in whatever journey we're having, is that we wake up out of thinking there's a world out there and we realize the world is within us and every time we love our heart because our heart is the center of the universe Mm -hmm. every I love you we offer to our own hearts simultaneously sends blessings of awakening and expansion and transformation to every heart in existence to all dimensions time and space simultaneously so if we could just focus on loving our heart more often all hearts would be transformed and even though you, the one who loves your heart, will seem to be the first one who transforms as a result of your love, over a short period of time you will begin to see a world that seems to be reflecting back 
the loving actions and behavior that you've taken the time to put into your heart. So by loving yourself, all of life over a short time will be transformed. And we just have to let go of the idea of trying to say, where is the world? When is the world going to do this? And instead, you have to just get lost in loving your own heart. Because as, as another spiritual irony, one has to let go of their view and belief in a world in order to become the very catalyst that transforms the world. Mm. So I will tell you from my experience, and this is not to say that any experience is better or worse because we're all having our own experience, but in my experience, I don't actually live in a world. I, honest to God, don't even know what a world is because I could look around and say that's the world. Mm -hmm. I would point my finger, what I'm pointing my finger at, if I just stop, Mm -hmm. not come to me and introduce itself as the world, meaning I can't send the world an email, I can't invite the world to my birthday party, and I've never had the world knock on my door and introduce itself. Therefore, what I find to be the world is a, a perception about a hologram that is reflecting back to me experiences mm -hmm. that remind me where I'm aligned, and as I simply love my heart, what I find is, as I love my heart, I subconsciously tell the actors in my hologram how differently to act towards themselves and others. Fascinating. Yes. As we became human beings and we forgot about this connection from where we came, now our goal is to get lost in loving your own heart that's really what happened. We forgot. We became separate and we forgot. That's the fall from grace. And now this is the, the work and the great shift that we're talking about is this return back. And it's through the gateway of the heart and loving your own heart. Again, you make it sound so simple, but really this is the profound change that people can do. When this all comes about then we'll see a very different world, a different world with energy, with money. Maybe we won't even need money. What's more of the case is that people will realize is that every single soul has a cosmic bank account with infinite flowing abundance that even if you withdrew from it, it replenishes itself within a second. So it's not like we, we won't need money. It's that we, everyone will have their own infinite supply. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is the more aligned you become in love, the more you realize the universe is your financer and your banker, and, and you're no longer putting your belief into a world, because people only want to transcend the world because they put their belief into a world, instead of realizing that within every person, place, or thing, they're not actually talking to people, they're talking to the universe. And whatever an ego is going to say back to you that dismisses or denies your inspiration is not the universe saying, you know, that's just an ego talking. So really, we have to realize that what if we just loved our own heart, and when we talk to people, you know, we, we we know that when we're talking, we're talking to the universe. And when we're listening, we're listening to the universe. And we, because we don't have to wait for this new world to emerge, because the new world, that we're all in our own little worlds, and it emerges at the rate at which loving your own heart becomes an interest. And until people get interest in loving their own heart, life kind of cranks up the intensity until you realize, my God, as I'm being torn apart and seemingly beat down 
maybe I'm only being beat down to realize how much love I deserve in a time like this. And maybe the entire fall from grace was only us free-falling out of the heavens metaphorically because only by free-falling will your wings remember to start flapping. So what if we're all just angels that purposely parachuted out of heaven and it feels like we're free-falling because only in a free-fall do the angel wings remember how to activate. <laughs> like the baby bird leaving the nest. That's right. Hey, bird, the baby bird says to the mom, hey, I'll leave when you teach me how to fly. And so the mom, mom kind of shoes them out of, out of the nest. Mm. Fly. You just fall. And eventually, the wings remember. And so part of the interesting about the spiritual journey is that there's a lot of spiritual beings sitting in the nest trying to remember how to flap their wings. And they say, once I flap my wings, then I'm going to jump out of this nest and fly away. But only when someone pushes you out of the nest and you free fall do the wings remember how to do what only the wings do on their own. Mm. Free falling. I want to play that song. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, so we have to jump out of the nest and free fall. And in the free fall, out of the necessity, the wings remember how to flap. Trying to figure out how to spread your wings in the nest doesn't work because they're only going to spread when you're in a situation that requires them. So that's why a lot of times people say, well, once my external life is different, once I manifest a new this, or once the world comes in the fifth dimension, then I'll start loving myself. But we have to, like I said, start loving ourselves right now because at the rate at which we love ourselves, we start to feel more relaxed and safe in our body. We become the safest person for us to be around because the truth is, is that other people can't frighten you. The only reason we're scared of other people or scared of what people can do to us is because we don't feel safe around ourselves. And so as we become the safest person for us to be around, at the rate at which we love our heart, we start to feel relaxed in our body. The more we love our heart, the more we start to rest and anchor into the body. And the more we rest and anchor into the body, the more the physical body kind of dissolves into the light body that's always been. And then at the rate at which we're settled into the body, and then the physical body dissolves into a light body, as safely rooted you are in your body and as loving as you are to your heart determines how clear and relaxed your mind becomes, which then becomes the energy that the world reflects back to you. And then you think you're living in a world where all this conscious progress is happening, which is part of the experience, but the conscious progress that we're all excited to see is only a reflection of how often and how regular and how dedicated you've been to loving your own heart. And that's how we co-create reality, as we co-create reality not necessarily by the thoughts we think. We don't necessarily co-create reality by the feelings we have in our body. We co-create reality by responding to our thoughts and our feelings as an opportunity to love ourselves in a way that no one else ever has. And at the rate at which we consistently love ourselves, no matter what thoughts we have or what feelings we feel, at the rate at which we act in the most loving way towards ourselves and others, that's going to put the expanded energy into our field because our vibrational frequency is an ongoing progress report of how conscious and honorable and loving our actions are. So if everything is a chance to love ourselves, 
then our vibration skyrockets as a progress report to say this is how often that you're loving your own heart and then that becomes the energy that is put out into the hologram that will eventually reflect back a world that looks like it's becoming as conscious as you have dared to become loving towards yourself and others beautiful words Matt Kahn, thank you so much. As we go today, I know this is a bigger subject than we've got time in this closing comment for, but you mentioned then the next step is to come into the light body. That means we will hold more light? Yes, I would say that there is a, there is a notion that in the light body we will hold more light, but in, in the light body it's not necessarily a measurement of holding more light. It is that we know ourselves to be nothing but light. And in the knowing that we are nothing but light, there is also an understanding that no matter how concrete any form happens to be, no matter how conscious or, or unsavory anyone's attitude or behavior is, that nothing in form is anything else other than a confirmation of spirit in action. And that through the evolutionary process, Spirit is willing to act and express itself throughout all vibrations and frequencies, just as a rainbow contains all colors in order to show the hue of infinite possibility. And so when we are knowing ourselves as nothing but light, there is nothing to experience but light. And in that experience of nothing but light, it doesn't exclude any possibility because as light, everything is included. And the irony is when everything is accepted and included as the light that we are, it's amazing how little time you'll be experiencing adversity. Because adversity comes to those that are ready to learn something from adversity. But when you're the first one in line to welcome adversity, as willing as you're welcome, as you're willing to welcome prosperity and joy, if you're willing to welcome adversity equal to any other experience, it obviously has nothing else to teach you, and that's why it doesn't come around that often. So if we're open to welcome every experience, we find how little time we spend in fear and adversity. If there's any part of us that wants nothing to do with fear and adversity, it might be one of the reasons that we find ourselves attracting it, not to harm ourselves or to suffer, to break down all the barriers so that when adversity comes knocking on your door, perhaps instead of resisting it, trying to shift it or escape it, perhaps you'll just say, whether I like it or not, maybe this adversity is giving me a chance to love the one who experiences adversity, to love the one who hates adversity, to love the one who wants to experience something other than what's happening right now. Perhaps that one is here to be loved as only I can love them. And at the rate at which I love the one who experiences triumph and tragedy, adversity, or abundance, the one who is willing to love themselves unconditionally by just saying, I love you to their heart like a sweet lullaby said to an infant, at the rate at which I love you is spoken to our heart. We open our heart and recognize the opening of our heart as the gate of the kingdom open that opens to welcome us home to a space we never left. And so the kingdom of heaven is our own heart, and the gate of the kingdom opens to welcome you home at the rate at which you love what arises. So beautifully said. And total confirmation of the power of love that goes through all dimensions, leading us back home. Matt Kahn, thank you so much 
This has been a healing conversation, although quite cerebral as well. It is totally a journey through the heart and back to the heart. Wonderful words of wisdom. Thank you so much for your teachings. On this webpage is a special offer that you've got for everyone. You've got a wonderful audio package that is a great introduction to these teachings to prepare everyone for work with that light body. And these are the Angel Academy teachings. We thank you for putting together this very special offer. It's over half off and this is something with seven episodes that people download in an mp3 and listen in to nearly 11 hours of these energetically charged episodes. Thanks again, Matt. Thanks for having me. And thank you too for listening. We invite you to share this program with your friends and get this information out to the world. This is information you won't find in the mainstream media. We now leave you with music from the universe, literally created by the universe as mathematical equations were assigned to musical notes. The result is this beautiful music, available at AcousticHealth.com. Also, we invite you to take part in our online healing retreats, which feature spiritual teachers with powerful tools that will transform your life. Visit AcousticHealth.com and click on Online Healing Retreats. Namaste. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.